is waiting on fries that you don't get it you don't what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and you're it's like ready Fuck, to go i forgot to fire the fries i just always use that when i forgot to put somebody's order in and i was like hey i'm just waiting on the fries it's gonna be two more minutes Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, and they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> That's the beep. That's the, like, yo, the recording's happening beep. That's the beep that means we're not wasting our time. Hey! I might just start randomly laughing if I have to look over and watch you holding up that mic screen <laughs> on a paper towel thing. Uh, honestly, this is the most ridiculous setup we ever had. <laughs> but that just, it just goes to show the dedication that we have here. You know, the, the microphone, the stand that we usually use that holds the microphone in front of my face, the clamp fucking broke and now I'm just out here holding a paper towel in one hand a roll and like <laughs> a windscreen in the other so you don't hear all these pops you know and like I'm we're manufacturing this episode today it's kind of crazy <laughs> thank god for Amazon though talk about ingenious build outs of companies Amazon you can order anything and it's at your door tomorrow Literally. so tomorrow we get new clamps it's exciting it's sure. not it's not an advertisement for Amazon at all sounds like it though you know what else could make our lives better? What's up? If uh, we had some New York prime beef at our door tomorrow. Uh, Will it come tomorrow? How many do you have to order to get tomorrow? 200 bucks? Well, 200 bucks gets you free shipping. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you don't have to hit that $200 to get it tomorrow. You just go on the website, NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. Select that delivery date and put in the promo code FRIES15 for 15% off. So you mean to tell me the beautiful weather's coming out. I'm calling up the homies because I already went to NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. I ordered my NewYorkPrimeBeef.com Me, I used Fries 15 to get 15% off. And now at my front door, I've got NewYorkPrimeBeef.com Beef and other things. And then like the homies, cakes. now the homies are over and they're ready to grill some stuff up while we hop in the pool soon. That sounds like a plan. That's like the ideal situation. That's it. Noom's just, you're not invited. How are you going to cook all these steaks without me? Got it. You know, sometimes you need a day off, bud. Uh, <laughs> we just we just okay. got to have a, a great time over at Brisket King. Phenomenal. You know, Smokehouse was there in competition. What did uh what did Mike do? We didn't get to even talk to him. We didn't we didn't win. It's we all right. Win. That's fine. But Mike did the nice pepper smoked brisket with the uh what is it? The habanero hot sauce? The citrus habanero. Citrus habanero hot sauce. A nice, nice, bright orange hot sauce with not too much heat and a little touch of citrusy sweetness at the end. Beautiful spoon work on the trays. Oh, yeah. On the yeah, yeah. Listen, the brisket was really good. It was good. The brisket was delicious. Nooms was yelling at me because I wasn't being a consumer, and he was like, why aren't you eating all this brisket? I, wasn't I was yelling. like, chill, I was, dog. I don't want to get fat. I was just curious as to how you're at a brisket competition not trying out all the brisket that's you know surrounding you. Well, I we love were. how he said, I don't want to get fat, but he picked up Taco Bell on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> that was an emergency meal. I didn't even know that, but that's interesting. <laughs> it was an emergency meal. Thanks for sharing that with everybody. That's an my guilty, dirty secret. On the way to the food event where you're just going to be surrounded by free food all night. No, I see. I no. It. Sometimes when you're in that point, though, where you haven't eaten a single thing all day long, you're either on the verge of a panic attack because of all the caffeine, 
where you need to actually feed that beast a little bit. So yeah, we knew we had an hour drive down there. We got to <laughs> feed the beast. You know what's funny about that whole event? We uh, we cooked that brisket. Yeah. Served it. Yeah. It was it was really good. Delicious. Um, the next day was Thursday and Friday. Right. We and Sunday too. All of this weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, even That's Saturday. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, we smoked our best brisket we ever smoked. So the day after the competition, the day after, if we went to the competition with the brisket <laughs> that we had in house this weekend, we would have we would have won hands oh, down, man. not even close. Well, what was different? What do you think happened? Sold out of wings. I heard about that. I was so I was here last night when when we uh, dealt with some of the repercussions. People so, coming in on Sunday afternoon wanting wings, and we we're like, nope, ain't got them. So why did that make our brisket better? Are you suggesting? Oh, because that you had more space in the smoker, so you're able to build a better bark. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yep. <laughs> what? Explain that because that it makes just a went lot over of my sense. head. So, if they're smoking a lot of wings, it fills up their smoker. When they have briskets in there, also it fills up their smoker. If the smoker's full, you don't get good air circulation. If you don't get good hot air circulation, you're not going to build a good bark. So, if you don't get that good hot air circulation, you're essentially just steaming the briskets. You get a softer, not crispy crust. A softer, not crispy crust that you're looking for. You know what I mean? Wow, this is so relevant to my Super cocktail relevant. garnish issues right now. Yeah, if you overload your rigged up proofer to be your dehydrator, then you're not going to dehydrate at the yeah. right. I need more fans to get the air circulated. No, you just need less load in there so it can circulate better. Because uh, so even if you have more fans, it's going to blow air around, but it's not going to circulate. Well, know? I thought if I put an intake fan, right, and then an outtake fan, there's air circulating. There is, but if there's too many things in the way of the fans, then the air is not going to get to the fan. So you're overloading your racks most likely. You can but blow, we can talk. You, you science. Can, you can, can blow air at a wall as hard as you want. So exactly. Go through the wall. Yeah. Exactly. Very nice. Fuck. That's so profound. <laughs> yeah. It's so profound this morning. And that's such a disappointing realization to come to on the briskets because that just means that your output isn't equivalent with the size of your smoker. We need a bigger smoker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that you had the best smoked meat the next day, pretty much after <laughs> Brisket King. It doesn't really mean much. You could have showed up with the best brisket at Brisket King and still not have taken the championship title. Like, there's a lot to it. When, <laughs> this is true. when you're going out to these events, there's so many different things that, like, have to be lined up perfectly. Like, the stars have to align. And I'll say, shout out to uh, Carlitos Tacos. Even if we did have that perfect brisket that you said you smoked on Thursday, there's a good chance we wouldn't have won. Because their line was just blocking everybody from even seeing our stand. That's so take this place, right? Accurate. Paint the picture. N nobody knows what you're talking about. This is you got to paint this picture. So they do uh, birria tacos, but their their little stand was set up so perfectly that it just made you want to see what they were doing over there. So instead of having this plain white tent like most of the competitors have, not smoke us, we had our own branded one. But they had this entire branded tent with like a backsplash and this little taco stand and these funky little lights hanging down. And of course they had loud music. So their stand was clearly like the happening spot of the event. Let's break the let's really break that stand down though, right? The first part about that stand was it was not a traditional square shape as every single other vendor with a tent had, correct? Yep. It yes. was a rectangle so was with less depth. It was shaped like a kitchen. Yeah. Now, so it was wider and not as long. More usable, workable space. Yeah. The, and the left side of that rectangle had on the front part of it a drop-down kind of menu or something, if I remember correctly, yeah. uh, which also acted as a blockade. So everybody was forced to go to the right-hand side of the stand, which was kind of like a takeout window, right. almost. But that takeout window was made of what looked like almost like a lemonade stand, like it was a portable yeah. separate stand, 
And what really worked in their favor was getting everybody to line up in perfect order for that stand. So yeah. where everybody's square tents were set up, where anybody could just kind of walk up and create like a half circle of trying to come pick up their food. Well, yeah, this the other place, tents allowed for you to build like a horizontal line in front of your tent where their tent made sort of a funnel. So you had to just get yeah. in line and wait your and, turn. And if there's any lesson to take from that, it's create that. Create yeah. that way where people have to line up if they want to get your stuff. Furthermore, do like every bouncer in every club ever. You create a line. You start with that little basic beginning of a line. Next thing you know, everyone's going, why the hell is everybody lining up for this? Uh, the other factor of that, though, too, is the, the burrito tacos right now are, like, all the rage. Yeah. The so, fact that they had, like, actual uh, tortilla dough and they were pressing tacos to order, it's a yep. spectacle, you know? It's something for people to line up and, and watch even, and get excited for. It even for. caught the eye of the other chefs, like, right, right from Blue Smokes. Yeah. I'm going to be running that special. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. And and these are the things, though, that you really have to think about, though, when you're setting up these stands. And I'm sure just next time you go into something, you have some some tweaks planned and maybe always tricks take up the notes. Yeah. Always take notes. It's impossible always. not to have some ideas after yeah. seeing all that. So, I, I mean, what we're really talking about, though, is like, how do you calculate the return on investment of these events? Right. Like you don't have to necessarily <clears throat> win the brisket king to win at these events. Uh, that stand that we were just talking about Carlitos certainly tacos. did not win by, I think it had like the people's favorite or something like that. They definitely won in the eyes and minds of everybody who was there that night. Yeah. And well, 100%. they, what, where they really won and, and just will be the first one to say it is that like every single person that was in that line was definitely taking pictures of their stuff. Exactly. That's where they won yeah. their they, return on investment. This was advertising for them. They won on the expand your brand. Uh, platform of the event sure and and then that's kind of one of the you go you go into these events with three different three different ways that you're hopefully benefiting from right one's a economic like if it's a event where you can make money and obviously you want to sell your product and get revenue the other one is competition like what we did you either want to one win a competition or just be involved in that community etc and then the other one is like a marketing event, which this also could have been the competition, right? So you have two ways to win in, in the competition one, either win the competition or win in the eyes of the marketing event. But you also have other events like when we do Best of Westchester or any of those type of things where a publication might invite you and you have to go and give away your stuff to all their people. Right. How does that How does that bring you any money? Because you have to put out all this money and all this product to be there. How do you know what's going to come back? So there's a, those are the three ways when you do an event outside of your store. There's a, and we're looking at this too. We're going to go with Cocktail Garnish to Tiki Convention in San Diego at the end of July. I ran all the costs. I ran how many bags we would have to actually sell on site to make money back. We're not going to make our money back. We're going to eat maybe like a grand loss in that event, possibly, uh, at, in that current moment. However, those bags that get sold will have people that are repeat customers through the course of time. We'll also maybe potentially grab some wholesale deals out of it. So we're not looking at it necessarily to make us profit. That's not why you go out there. You're going out there to expand your brand and start showing up at these events where everyone's showing up, and then you become a contender in the space. So if you took Smokehouse tomorrow and you kind of stopped going to these events, then this Brisket King event was probably worthless. If you continue, I think, pushing forward into all the other events that occur where you can show up, you're fortifying your brand where they're like, oh, these smokehouse guys are everywhere. 
I've seen them at this event, this event, this event, because the people that are going to those events are the ones that are circling all of them. They're not just hitting one event. Right. You know, when we talked to Ed Randolph with uh, Handsome Devil, yeah, he had people out there for him. He's from all the way up in fucking Newburgh. Like, and people were down there knowing who he was because he goes through that barbecue gauntlet where he's like showing up to every event. So yeah, people know your name. Uh, I think that's really important too, is that consistency of showing up to these things. And um, what was I just gonna say? I, lo- I lost my train of thought, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it was such a long-winded sentence. Well, was, I, I assume you're distracted. You're doing when a lot you of when you go out to uh, San Diego, you're gonna show up with some like sort of unique promo code to track the people who learn about you from out there. You know. So I we have the Google Analytics set up, so like we see where people are coming from. And okay. Yeah, you, you could track back to see where where people are going to the website from. Just to see um, how much of an effect you've had on the people who learned about you out there. Totally. Uh, and you're, and if, you're also hoping for reorders, right? You get the first one in their hands, yeah. and then now they have the they have the product, now they want it, you get the reorders. With a product like that, it's even, you kind of have to do those things a little bit more. In a restaurant, you can choose to do it, and that's how, how far your brand reach you want to go. You don't have to as a restaurant to do right. competitions, but you can choose to or, or not or whatever. But with a product like that, you want to get in front of as many as, people yeah, as, far as, as possible, possible, especially restaurant people, because we're the ones that are going to probably turn the most volume. So if you get a product into a restaurant that's, that they're using and it yeah. becomes a clutch for them, then you know you're going to get that repeat and repeat. And, and look at these events, though, too. For instance, you know, you saying that you don't have to do it as a restaurant. Yeah, you don't have to do it. People are coming into the restaurant no matter what. However, you're also getting content out of it that you can re-throw out there throughout the coming weeks where then the perception is like, hey, these guys do cool things at the restaurant. Yeah. They're out there taking part in competitions. Like, let's go check that place out. They're out there and they're in somebody's face. They're not just huddled in their restaurant hoping people walk through the door which is not necessarily like the way to build business. It's not always if you build it, they will come. Sometimes if you build it, they'll come, but you also have to go out and pull more people in. Right. Sure. Like, I was thinking the exact same words. I think, Muhammad, I think Muhammad said that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what he said. You got to go out and get them. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. But yeah, you do she, for sure. And that was one of, the, one of the reasons we went out there. We didn't go to that with an intention of winning. Not that we didn't try, but we didn't expect to win it. It's the first event we've done in a year and a half, right? Because I think that was probably the first large food gathering in a year and a half, right? At least that I can remember, but it's yeah. definitely the first one we've actually done. Maybe sure. more than a year and a half. So we had to do we had practice, number one, <laughs> get back out there and start start playing again. Just to get used to it all. Right. And obviously we took some notes like, okay, we gotta readjust this, redo this, we're missing this. Missing a tablecloth. Can't find my tablecloth. Don't you drop know, the salt. Don't drop the salt. The <laughs> yeah, don't drop the salt. So we got the practice in, but the other thing, just like Jay is, you get as much content as you can. Right. And that loads you that loads you up. That goes into the marketing thing. For so, sure. You can't just generate content out of nowhere. You have to do things to make content. It's all. It, it, it's also f- funny too because even with the booths themselves, like it, people aren't just showing up to the booth when there's 20 booths and your booth doesn't really stand out at all. Yeah. Like you really have to go above and beyond. And there's things that you can do that are like relatively cheap. Uh, like for our booth right now, I'm looking for a used projector. And considering okay, this projector, is a, considering this is a tiki event. I'm going to get this projector up on a stand above our heads, shining down on the booth, and it's going to run a loop of a storm over, like, water. So lightning and shit like that all going off. It's a tiki convention. 
Um, and that's going to create. You want like a beach scene with palm trees and who out? No, nah, I want to go girls. dark. I want to go dark. Well, I like and the do storm. Different. It's a little different. You know? Yeah, probably yeah, everybody's gonna stand have. out. Totally. Everybody's gonna have a beach. Yeah, okay. don't ever do what everybody's doing. You can even get some misters and and like mist water on people and stuff. <laughs> That's the 4D experience. I was talking about keeping costs low, and then you want me to build out a whole Disneyland adventure. Bottles. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah. hire a couple of people to, yeah. to spray with spray you, you really, and, and that's just that's actually not a terrible idea. Even you know, if you set up a big restaurant fan in the in your booth, and it's dead of summer, and you're showing up to these expos. And you maybe have some way for water to disperse behind the fan. That's a really people good will come idea. over to your booth because they want to get sprayed down. It's hot yeah. as hell outside. Like that's not dumb. San Diego is dry too. It'll it'll dry fast. It's not like you're just gonna soak people. Yeah. I, well, I'm assuming this will be indoors. But uh, you, the you walk other, around Vegas, they have those misters everywhere. You just yeah. walk around, they just spray and, you. And them. they do. We discussed also like lightly joking, <laughs> but it bring that wouldn't be a terrible idea. It would be to get an auctioneer. Get an auctioneer, pay him for a couple hours to be behind your booth, and have him just selling your selling your product. Where he's like, "Smokehouse burgers, come smokehouse burgers, got smokehouse burgers here, come smokehouse burgers here, smokehouse burgers here." I actually love that idea. It could annoy the shit out of some people, but, but whatever. At least they're thinking about everybody you. would not. Yo, that guy that had the auctioneer. Guy. Yo, I wanted to punch him in the mouth, but that burger was <laughs> the fucking burger good. Was good. <laughs> you know, like you got to really start thinking outside the box when it comes to getting attention on you and figuring out how to create the most return on investment with doing the least. Uh, and that ties back to that whole TME thing that I'm always screaming about, time movement and energy or efficiency. I think Einstein uh, brought that up, right? The theory of I didn't know, not, not to no. my knowledge. All I know is, <laughs> you know, when you're making a checklist, uh-huh. you want to do the easiest things that are going to create the biggest return on investment first and then go down the list and tackle the things that are not going to give you as much return and maybe they're a little bit harder to do. But at least then you're like 75% done with your list and then the remaining 25% will bring you back something. But like, yeah, you're working on that for like a week and change. Uh, so how do you know if an event is successful or not? Well, that's that's, that's the million question. dollar question or you know, however much the cost of the event is really, right? Well, it's an economic one for that, right? Like if you have a cost of the event, if it's one where you're, where you can sell your stuff, yeah. then you know your your the cost of your event is your rent should be in line with your regular percentages. However, you run your regular business, right? So sure. your your rent is your fixed cost, and then everything else at the event should run right in line. Then you need to generate that percentage revenue back. So that's right. easy on that one to figure out. Was it worth it or was it not worth it? And let me ask you this, right? We did this event in Brooklyn, which is decently far from Amerinick. You've got a lot of people from the city out there for the most part, I would suspect. Um, maybe Queens side, right? But that's kind of far from us here. Like, how many of those people are coming back to Smokehouse? You know, but I would think a very small, small percentage or slip. I think you'd probably be lucky to pull one or two coming that far from Brooklyn. Yes, yeah. but you don't know how many people came from Westchester to Brooklyn because sure. they went to a barbecue competition. Yeah, and now they're like, oh, we well, even good example. We had a couple people tell Mike, I'm from Scarsdale. I didn't know we had a barbecue place yeah, yeah, yeah. right here. And that's right next to us. So now they went down to Brooklyn because they're barbecue fans, but found a place they like, and said, "Oh, this is right by my house. I'm gonna go to that place." So you never know who's the who you're finding out there. And and sure, you're right. And look at the fact that we talked to Leland, who's from Stanford with Avellino Family Barbecue, and Ed, who's in Newburgh. Right. So like uh, these, your route right now is kind of on route for you know both of them. So you don't know where those words spread. You know, it was nice to make new friends out there, and we'll have these guys on the podcast in coming months or weeks, I'm sure. 
uh, to discuss further barbecue things. And, you know, there is some return on that. It was cool being able to have the setup out here for, you know, the podcast and be able to talk to these guys and kind of dig into their brains and, you know, see what they're all about. And at the end of the day, it's all love. All these guys are in the same business. They're all trying to promote each other's business. Everyone wants everyone to win. Nobody sure. wants to see downfalls for the most part, I think, right? So what we learned is long-term, long-term ROI on an event where you're donating your time and your product is you really don't know exactly how much you're pulling back in. Right. But it's important that once you decide to do one of these events to not mail it in. Right? You got to commit. You go in, you show up, you put your best product forward. You want to be as interactive as possible and as welcoming as possible and talk to as many people as possible because your benefits are what we say, expansion of your brand, uh, getting people to talk about you, your own content, and hopefully other people spreading your content as well, taking pictures, tagging you, etc. And that's what you do. And just do your, uh, your best effort to do that and go in fully conscious that I'm spending this money. It's a marketing expense. I'm going to do this instead of running an ad in the paper or whatever. Exactly. You know, and that's, and that's, but execute it. Don't just go and drink beers and have fun, you know? Uh, qu- quickly, too, because this is still kind of relevant on subject. And as we're doing a lot of research for this expo coming up, I'm trying to figure out how to create those returns with doing a very little amount, too. So that's going to come down to the bags. If somebody purchases one of the bags, we're going to make sure that it goes in another bag that's big, bright, everyone sees it, they know where it's coming from, it's stamped, it's logoed, and then they become a walking advertisement for us. Uh, Similar, in our orders that go out, we've been looking at putting fridge magnets in. And the fridge magnet will have a beautiful cocktail shot. It's not gonna be super advertising at all, it's just gonna have a logo on it, maybe the website and the Instagram, and that's it. And those cost us 30 cents to produce. To put one of those in every single order costs us nothing for permanent fixture in somebody's house right on their fridge. Um, Who, I I forget the story. There was definitely a story about pint glasses or something that were labeled and they were like, yeah, people are taking these, they're putting them in every shelf in every house and they're gonna drink out of it and people are gonna see the logo repeatedly. Is that the blind rhino? No, not a story that we had. This is a, a, a bigger national story. I, I forget who the cup company was, but they were like, yeah, we're putting these things in the houses. It could have been Starbucks or something or Dunkin' with their actual cups that go into somebody's cabinet. And sure enough, you take it out, and then you've got branding right there. You're, like, living inside somebody's house, and it's not just a one-time purchase, and then they forget about you. Every time they go to the fridge or the freezer to get ice cream, they're like, oh, maybe I should re-up on my cocktail garnish or, oh, Maybe I should go hit Smokehouse because there's a fridge magnet right here, and it's not a shitty one, which is usually what you see. Or you end up being on, um, at the restaurant, like on our door, with all the stickers and magnets and stuff like that. And that's a good place yeah. to be right. among good company. And you can set up, when you go to these things, you should set up um, collaboration nights where you could go to a restaurant or something like that and, like, hey, we're going to be at this restaurant doing cocktails or something, you know, help build their program and do it, and then generate some things that's a good easy fun way to expose yourself to somebody else's built-in audience especially if your brand like coincides with their brand then you know you got new fans built in and that's the other piece of even doing these events where you're meeting people to be able to have the conversations that you would not have had before where you say hey we are kind of like-minded we clearly get along let's maybe do an event together and we've talked to walters before about collaborations we've talked to who else have we said about collabs? Well, we talked about this a you bunch. You did uh, Fabian, right? Yep, Fabian. Well, I mean, we did Latusian. it. We've done collaborations all the time. In yeah. fact, we made a whole season of it when we had the patio, yeah. or we did every Friday at a new 
different truck and did something with them. It's funny you mention that because I was at Diner on uh, Friday night and I had three guys come in and sit down. One of them I'd recognize from Smokehouse Newer before. The other two I hadn't, but um, they started talking about Smokehouse. And sure enough, they're like, yeah, they're opening across the street, but they lose that great patio. That was the best place to hang out last year. Every Friday there was a new <laughs> band and a new food truck or something. Those were this guy's literal exact words. And I was like, I understand where you're coming from, but, you know. It'll but be hear me out. These big-ass fucking front doors are going to open up That was the, the argument. That was the exact argument. I was like, man, you'll sit right by the open doors, and you'll be, like, kind of in the street. You'll have that same vibe. It'll be it'll be good. It's going to be good, though. That's that's what I told him. I was like, two months, man. Just give it a couple more months. So that, that, necess- that necessity, though, of being able to do cool, fun things, like we say, air quotes, uh, outside of the, the brand is like, yes, do the collaborations. Find unlikely collaborations, things that you wouldn't traditionally see uh, not just like restaurant to restaurant you could definitely find local retail shop that maybe does something differently a dessert place that maybe does something differently it would be like yo call Nick DeBona in here with the Bona Bona ice cream where it's like every single meal gets a ice cream on the house and you supplement the pay he gets advertising out of it uh, and then next thing you know, you've got a handful of people taking photos of, you know, both the meal and the ice cream because they're coming from his people and they're coming from your people. You just met them in the middle. I just set up a deal right there just on the spot. I didn't yeah. even think about it. You know, Nikki Scoops is listening, so he's going to reach out. It's going to so, be a thing. <laughs> so, and that increases the eyes on you. Like, this is a huge way to go. The summer's here. We're gearing up for activity. Like, I know some people are still kind of chasing around trying to find employees because they're hard to find out there. A lot of people are doing that. And... You know, if you can find the time to put some deals together and get some collaborations happening, like you might be able to come out on top with something fun. What we got, what we have to do as an industry is realize that collaborations are good, and you're not what you're not doing is you're not helping your competitor, you're helping the industry because you see a lot of that. Yeah. Still, where guys don't want to, you know, do something with somebody else. Why do I help? Why do I help his brand, etc. And what they have to understand is you're not. You're, you're not, we're, we're not, we're all, we're, we're together. So you do these things. It's like a big event. You, everybody makes money. Everybody gets exposure. Yeah. To me, those guys mentality is the dinosaur mentality. And that's where you waste away. Like you, I don't think you could really just sustain in this business, just being all about yourself. Like, yeah, some places might be fortunate enough to be able to pull that. But like, for the most part, the people that realize that their strength in numbers are the ones that are really winning. I think yeah. well, we're going, going forward. It's an experience driven market now. Because we learned that for the past year, we can do everything to go, and you can go home and and do all the same stuff. You get yeah. people come back out and go to things. It's an experience. You have to give people a reason. Experience? No, completely. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. I'm I, I'm laughing because my mother called me one day and she was like, "What should I get your brother for his birthday?" And I was <laughs> like, "For years, I've been screaming like experiences trump everything." Sure enough, I was like, "Get him like just get him a hotel and blah blah blah, so he could take his girlfriend out there." And they could go eat around there and have a good time around there. And she was like, it's his birthday, not her birthday. I'm getting him something. And I was like, you would be. You'd You're be getting, getting him, him time s- with his girl. Yeah, and yeah. a smile on his face for having an experience. And that's like, that is what we want. That's where, you know, Groupon became kind of big was people wanted to have some experiences. And you could go out there and get them. And look at Airbnb right now. They just launched somewhat recently like the Airbnb experiences side of things where you can hire somebody to do a paint night for you in your house or their house or wherever the fuck it is. Uh, but people want to spend money on having memories. Like, we don't need any more physical products. Like, I'm not a hoarder. I'm purging everything in my house. Just give me more experiences. There you go. That's it. Guys, don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms.